You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote singles growth, and support couples strengthening. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your emails, DMs, and live questions. So join us every week on Facebook Live Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where you can connect with us on air. Send us your questions through Facebook Messenger or visit us at askthemartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. For those of y'all who are on iPhones, this phone that Jesus loves, go ahead and pause right now and go find the Soul Ties Podcast and rate us. Send a shower review. Share some kind words about what you're learning from us on the Soul Ties Podcast. We love it. It helps us advance the message to the kingdom. And we just love, love, love sharing what we have with you. And just a little bit off, but future coming. If you're going to be at Sarah Jake's uh, conference coming up, Woman Evolve, July 13th and 14th, make sure you find us. We would love to meet you. We would love to connect with you. We will be hosting the Soul Ties Self-Care Station. The Soul Ties Self-Care Station, where we have a lot of free goodies. We have goodies for purchase, but a lot of things to be given away and handed out. And I got a whole bunch of hugs to hand out to y'all who are going to be in the building. So if you are going to be in the building, make sure you find us. And now we will jump on into week three of our series, Being in Love with a Narcissist. Absolutely. Thank you so much, babe. And I can't wait till we uh, take care of that and get there. Being in love with a narcissist, we have covered, uh, the reason why we're covering this is, as I've said before, uh, we get emails all the time, uh, DMs or direct messages, if you don't know what that is. And so what, old people. <laughs> and so what happens is that a lot of people uh, who are going through a tough time and yes. finding themselves victimized in, in a toxic relationship, they automatically call that person who may be selfish, who may have certain characteristics, a narcissist. And you find so much information on that all around the internet and so on and so forth. And our goal is to help um, help to educate you on what what an actual narcissist is, what one, a person uh, who has narcissistic personality disorder is or a person who is just narcissistic. Right. Now, during the first week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the nine character traits that, cre- that, that um, make up a narcissist. Only five of them need be avail- uh, need be present for that person to be yes. actually clinically uh, diagnosed as a narcissist. Exactly. Now, or with narcissistic personality disorder. Uh-huh. Now, that does not mean that they are no not dangerous because if you uh, have four traits or less, you can still be considered narcissistic. We went through what was called the dark triad, which are three of those traits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and or that was three of those traits and how those three traits are exceptionally dangerous to be in a relationship with. Yes. Okay. So we went through all of that information and that was the last two weeks. So if you want to catch that, you want to catch last week is still up. In on the page, you can catch it, but it'll be gone Sunday, and the week prior is actually uh, in iTunes or SoundCloud. So yes. this week, what we're going to be covering <clears throat> is we're going to yes, ma'am. 
Well, we're covering the covert narcissist. I didn't want to cut you off, and I apologize for that. But I wanted okay. to reiterate one more time. If you are here and you have not yet shared or share again, we're giving away a copy of the Soul Ties Detox Journey to Freedom book for um, people who share it. We're going to enter you into a drawing. And I just wanted to throw this in there, babe, if that's okay. That's fine. If we check our iTunes um, page, sorry, our iTunes, um, what is it called? Uh, podcast podcast page and you leave a written review you will also be entered to win from the itunes side of things or from the podcast side of things Absolutely. so we just want to make it interesting we want to give away some products um leading up to the conference especially so we're excited we are excited i'm gonna be Absolutely. quiet now <laughs> so we're going to talk about the final area of behavior which is a covert narcissist what makes this a little bit different is that even though you never really see a narcissist coming this is the kind that you not only not see coming but when you're in a when you're in a relationship with them and you're out uh, in public, no one else assumes that this person has any kind of issue yes. whatsoever. It it is so under the radar that people look at you like you have the problem. And then we're going to talk Man. to daters about how to deal with this. Okay, so yeah. which are the singles, and then next week we'll get into the married folk married and treatment. Yeah. Okay, because we want to make sure that we're very clear on each and everything that we're going through. So a covert narcissist. All right. Is everybody still with me? I know I'm kind of speeding through here, but you know, yeah, we only no, got it's good. to 815. A covert narcissist is like, is basically what you call your normal wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a person who is unassuming, someone who's ex exceptionally gentle, someone who is out and about, um, someone who's very likable, someone who is very, very, very charming. This is someone who is uh, socially interactive and maybe even socially engineers other people very well because they're, they're very likable until you get on the other side of that. Okay. And so what does the other side of this looks like mm -hmm. look like? Well, here's the thing. We mentioned something last week called gaslighting. Yes. This person or the covert narcissist is is great at this. In other words, they're great at making you feel like and look like you the crazy one. And they're right. not doing anything. Right. Okay. So so the key word with a narcissist or a covert narcissist is um is subtlety. It's subtlety. Um, or, or you can say it is uh, passive aggressive. It's passive. I think passive aggressive, I think is the number one footprint of someone who is a covert narcissist. Um, you know, for better, for lack of better words, they make you feel like you are crazy. And, and it's not even just that you're afraid to even communicate this outside of your own mind because all of the things that you're dealing with and going through, it's like, Nobody else see this because in other circles and maybe to other people, they are the best thing since sliced bread. But in your mind, the reason why it's covert is because it really is something that sneaks up on you. And even when it hits you, you're not quite sure what it is. You're yeah. not sure what to call it. Yeah. And so it's like you're sitting around and you're like, OK, I can't be the only one to see this. Like what is going on? And only the people who are in close quarters with this person day to day really do begin to see the unraveling of the actual narcissist that lives within this person. But it, like you said, it's so, so hard to see. It's like let's, a super spy. let's go through a few of these characteristics because these are very important. I want you guys to take notes. And if you miss it, if I go too fast, don't worry. You can replay it until next week. Um, 
The first thing is subtle disrespect. Yes. Now, when we say subtle disrespect, this is consistent. This is continuous. These are small jabs in conversation and argument and even in public where they say they are joking, Mm -hmm. but really take a pot shot at you, your personality or who you are or what you've done and in in a way to bring you down or to bring you under, making you the butt of their uh, so-called joke. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's subtle disrespect. Just subtle things it doesn't have to be crazy it doesn't have to be you know just you know calling names but just you know just eh. can i just give an example because yes this covert one this is my wheelhouse i know all the things about the coverts okay (laughs) let me tell you something one of the examples that i can share um especially as christians and people in christ one of the things that you that i would hear constantly is i thought you were saved i thought you was a christian see if you was really in tune with god you would be able to get me you would really be able to understand me. And so that's the kind of thing. It's like, it's a jab. It's a subtle jab, but it's like, well, did he just suggest that I'm like, really? And it's that kind of thing where it's like, it's not a outright, you ain't nothing, you dirty dog. It's, oh, but I thought you was, see if you was really that kind of thing. It's very subtle, but it really still, it doesn't cut less any less. Absolutely. And that goes into shaming, shaming and guilt writing. And what mm-hmm. they do is they make sure that they shame you for being less than. Mm-hmm. They, because, listen, when we get into relationships, we all make mistakes. Right. And we all butt heads. You and I, we butt heads all the time we over do. some of the same things over and over again. But that's because we're learning and growing, blase, blase. Sometimes I be stupid things, too. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> but when we get to a point where um, I take this thing, if I were to take this thing and say, well, if you never do this right, how do you expect to do anything else correct? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we begin to shame you as a, how do you expect to be a good wife? Or how do you expect to be a good mother? Or how do you expect to be a good worker? Or how do you expect to be a good partner? Or how do you think I'm supposed to rise? You know, all those different yes. type things. Yes. So shaming and guilt writing goes right along with that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. What makes it covert is because you feel it so deeply that you begin to want to change in order to prove that you are not what they think that you are. And so you move into a direction where you try, you spend so much time investing and proving it. And they're still riding your coattail, manipulating and guiding you Mm -hmm. to be exactly what they need you to be. To be exactly what they say you're not. And even when you convert and transform to everything that they're saying that you're not, it's still not enough. Absolutely. Ever. There's always going to be another mark to hit. You're never going to ever hit that mark that they need you to be. It's always going to be more. It's always going to require more of you until you are emotionally spent. There you go. The next thing is undermining your authority. Now, that sounds real crazy when it comes to relationships. Yeah. But this is a very uh, uh, used, very much used tool because what they do is, is they undermine your partnership. They undermine your voice. And especially if you have children, what they'll do is they'll undermine your authority to the children, yes. thus creating an and narcissist out of the children but circumventing your parental guidance Mm. so what they'll end up doing is they'll end up uh let's just say you're uh reprimanding one of your children that you have with them or don't have with them whatever the case may be well they have to come in and save that child from your reprimand they have to come in and 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 um lower your authority like well you know what or 
they'll yell at you in front of the children or they'll make certain remarks in front of the kids. They'll do whatever it takes to lessen you in, in an in a, um, authoritative manner within the home. Yes, ma'am. Um, another one they'll do is they'll use the children in order to also uh, get that guilt uh, trip on you too. One of the things that I've seen, you know, let's just say he does things mean to you. Let's just say he's being emotionally abusive. Another thing that I've seen them do is the kids be like, well, daddy, can we do this? Again, and I'm sorry, I know men and women both do it. Men and women are both this, but um, just the example that I've seen, um, you know, well, I would, but your mommy doesn't love me anymore. I would, but mommy doesn't act like this, this, and this. If your mommy would just, then maybe we would. That sort of thing also is a way of undermining you because it not only undermines your choices in not letting them hurt you, it also undermines the child's thoughts and ideas and opinions of you. And he begins to, or they begin to shape your child's ideas based on their need to get the control back over you. Yes, yes, yes. And then that's a that's a great mix of all all those above like guilting, shaming, yes. undermining and all those different type things. Now, additionally to that, uh, they are misleading. Now, the reason why we use the word misleading rather mm -hmm. than lying is because of the word games that comes with being misleading. You know, I never said that. I never said it like that. Yes. What I had meant was if you would just ask me, I could have told you this or I've never done it that way. Uh -huh. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I understand. It's what you're a saying. lot of semantics. A lot. Listen, listen. It's a lot of cuss words. L let me listen. <laughs> let me tell you something. Narcissists are very articulate. That's why you find them in public places. You find them behind mics. You find them in front of cameras. I'm not saying everyone because then I'd be pointing at us. Not That's not what I'm saying. Right. But you find them in places where they're good at and they're good. One of the biggest things they're good at is in twisting words, twisting meaning and taking back what they promised or making you seem like you promised something that you've never given. Oh, well, amen to that. <laughs> Another thing I was going to say, though, is this is where passive aggressive behavior really comes into play, too. You have someone, even if they don't say anything, they act it. And that's where it becomes really hard for somebody trying to explain to a third party of what's going on is because you can't put your finger on it because when you address their behavior well i never said anything even though they're being a bull in the home even though their very presence changes the entire i'm gonna sound real churchy atmosphere of the environment when their presence challenges the shift. atmosphere when it shifts <laughs> within the atmosphere just by them being there when you say you're going to go out with friends and they say cool it's fine but then their behavior completely shifts as if they do not want you to go and all you do is like okay well fine it seems like you don't want me to go so I'm just not gonna go I never said I didn't want you to go what do you mean I said it was fine I said go have fun with your girls but the way you I never said anything there don't assume that I mean something when all I did was just sit here quietly playing Xbox. I just threw that in there. But, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing that it, what happens is, is that their whole demeanor shifts everything. And when you try to explain what they're doing in all actuality, well, shoot, nothing. He seems like he pouts when I want to do stuff. And somebody from the outside looking in, it was like, that's all they did was got quiet. Really? 
Absolutely. They make it seem trivial and petty yes. when it really isn't. And here's the thing that you need to understand. Whenever there's a problem, the subtlety and passive aggression always lay the problem at your feet. Yes. It's always your issue, not theirs. Yes. It's always a problem that you have or a mis, uh, miscommunication or misperception or it's always your thing and they haven't and they keep their hands clean. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But they also keep keep eggshells around the house so you're busy tiptoeing on eggshells and they you tiptoeing you tap dancing you double dutching like dude absolutely what must i do <laughs> and so and and um in addition to that so we have misleading but we also have denying agreements mm -hmm. um you'll find that a narcissist will not hold their agreements not with you because mm -hmm. really to be honest you're not worth holding an agreement to they'll guilt you they'll let you know they'll they'll actually punish you and we'll talk about punishments in a minute yeah but what they'll do is they'll back out of agreements and one of the biggest agreements is how they treated you at the very beginning of the relationship is gone and that agreement because it's obviously an um a, a un, an unspoken agreement and expectation that they will continue to love you without any hindrance or without in without asking for more from you. Right. And they renege on that mm. almost immediately. As soon as they know that they have you. Yeah. It's, it's a done deal. It's gone. So I want you to make sure that you get that. Do you got that, babe? Uh, uh, got my honey. <laughs> As far as they reneging on uh, agreements, I, they no, deny I, agreement. No, I'm good. You keep going. Keep going. Okay. I'm like, what I got? Let's talk about punishments because I think this is very important. I think because we don't know when we're getting punished, but we know when it hurts. Mm. Say that again, narcissist. We, we don't know when we're getting punished, but we know when it hurts. Amen to that. Okay. Yes. The key word is that is, is withholding. When they passive aggressively punish you, they don't hit you. They withhold from you. They withhold affection from yes. you. They don't kiss you anymore. They don't hold you anymore. They don't want to have sex with you anymore if you're doing that kind of thing. <laughs> Let's just say we're talking to married people. Okay. Yeah. We'll say that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They don't want to give you anymore. There, there, it's a whole entire package. Uh, they withhold communication from you. They don't want to talk to you about it. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Right. I don't, and they don't want no. I, you know what? I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk to you about why. Why should I talk to you when nothing's going to change? You know, things of that nature. Now, yes. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was going to say that because these things. Listen. This this is this is what's very. We got to make this clear. All of us go through different levels of having these kind of complications. Absolutely. When you're tired of somebody and frustrated with somebody, you don't want to talk to them. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. What we're saying is, is that these are used as tools to twist and manipulate you into complying to where they want you to be. And that's powerless within their arms. Yes. Um, um, I think her name is, uh, I'm just going to say Rose for her middle name. She said, withholding hurts like hell. Let me under help y'all understand why. And you may know this, why it hurts like hell is because when we're in these situations, I think the hardest thing for us to accept is that we are genuinely trying to love on our partners. We are genuinely trying to love our mates. We're genuinely trying to do everything in our power to make 
things work. And that is changing our appearance. That is changing how we talk to them. That is changing how we walk around the house and, and even the eggshells that we begin to adjust to walking on just to make sure that they feel loved by us. I think what hurts is that because we are genuinely trying to love them and pour our love out on them, it's like, what else do I need to do to make you see that I'm trying to be in this with you? I don't want to be on the other side of the ring with you. And then as a result of you even coming to them and saying, hey, it's a problem that you make me feel like I'm fighting against you and not with you against the world, then they begin to punish you for trying to be one with them, for trying to build a relationship with them. All of the sudden, it's okay, you don't kiss me anymore, you don't touch me anymore, you don't make me feel desired, you don't make me feel wanted. Matter of fact, you make me feel like I'm never gonna be able to do enough to get that from you. And I think that's the most hurtful part because deep inside, we're genuinely trying to get you to see that we wanna love you absolutely now listen to this i want you to understand first understand this abuse is uh or neglect and abandonment is abuse yes that's number one you yes. have to get that into your head neglect and abandonment is abuse that's part number one the second part is going with the place that you were going as far as what hurts what makes it hurt so much because you're trying so hard mm -hmm. we have to call it what it is and with at the risk of of going a little bit too far because i don't want to step on my later points yeah um you have to call it what it is and you have to know that when someone withholds from you yes they are rejecting you mm. and that's what hurts we don't like to be rejected we don't like to be told no they don't either but in a in a and, and the way that they respond to it is that they withhold. So what happens is, is that when they feel like they're being, you're telling them no, which you're probably not. But when they feel yes. like you're telling them no, instead of walking away and trying to understand it, they grab you and pull you in by withholding. They withhold, they with you, they hold you with whatever toxicity they have mm. and they pull away whatever carrot they have in front of you and you come running and they push you off. That's called rejection. And when you're being rejected, you have to call that thing out because if yes. you don't call out the rejection, you'll continue running forward, trying to, trying to um, move around or circumvent um, what they feel. You'll be trying to figure out why they feel the way they feel. And you'll be trying to fix that when the bottom line is that they're rejecting you. And then when you call it out, Oh, you're rejecting me. Okay. So now I got some decisions to make. Make sense, babe. Yes, I'm Go sorry. Ahead. And I just, I, no, no, hit it. I don't want to stay here. But um, the the other thing, I think the rejection, I think a good analogy for this, typically, my husband is a good analogy person. So I'm very excited that I just got this analogy in my you head. Go girl. Okay, so <laughs> picture this. You're in a relationship with the narcissist. Mm. You keep trying to push your love on them. And all they're doing is rejecting you. Push. And it, it begins to hurt and it's, it begins to silently kill you emotionally because of what you're having to do. It's toxic. So picture yourself 
The longer you try to force a toxic person to love you, mm. the longer you try to force a toxic person to see you, it's like you're literally sitting in acid and allowing it to erode and corrode everything that is beautiful about you. Everything that is really inside of you to give healthily to someone else is being slowly eroded and corroded by that toxicity that you're allowing yourself to sit in. Is it easy to walk away from that? No, but understand part of the, the thing is, is that it's hard for you to figure out that this is not healthy until it's too late and you are in a deep hole that you've allowed yourself to stay in, but not realizing that there's nothing you can do to get that person there. So you must, what they say in the movies, save yourself. There it is. I mean, the biggest question that's, that's in the back of our minds at this point is why can't I make you love yes. me? And at the end of the day, I can't make you love me. Yes. I have to understand when you're not loving you me. Love Do you understand? Me if you don't. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it just made me, I'm that person. I start busting out in lyrics whenever I hear something that's and then we just song. dance. That's how, that's how it is. <laughs> but but the idea is is that you cannot make someone love you. You can only identify when they decided that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, again, with um, with with covert narcissists is the withholding, constantly challenging your character and even your personhood. Um, uh, uh, covert narcissists are incredible character assassinators. They will go to your pastor before you do. They will go to your mother before you do. They will go to your friends before you do. Because what you're trying to do, you spent so much time trying to save the relationship and trying to act right on your side of things, but that what they do but they're they're whispering behind your back. They're spreading the lies. They're creating a a breadcrumb trail to everything that's going on in my relationship that's dysfunctional. It all trails back to that person because as you can see, I'm great and masterful and wonderful and I do everything that I'm supposed to do. So they are incredibly, incredibly well uh well worked in the idea of PRing themselves yes. while destroying your character you will find this amongst many people who have learned to build themselves up in public in in the in the public place in the public eye Mm -hmm. these are the and let me just let me i'm gonna sneak this on in here because (laughs) because narcissists narcissists eat off of touch not thine mind anointed oh narcissists will eat off of that that that's on their plate daily uh-huh. so that me so in that way what they do is is they don't they know you won't call them out they know that you're afraid to call them out and then they are challenge any authority to call them out okay yes and whether it's whether they wrong or not and and they they just live there they wade there it's a pool of of selfishness that's <laughs> pool you know that's right go ahead babe. <sighs> I'm going to just go back really quickly to when they begin to PR the relationship to other people. Because what you'll find is they'll go to the pastors and your mama and your best friend and your sister before you can because they are playing now. They're playing defense and they're trying to make sure that nobody else gets to see who they really are. Man, I don't know what's wrong with Takara, man. I be trying to love on her. I do all I can. I be trying to do everything to make her happy and it just don't seem like she enough. I don't know what's wrong. So by the time you actually get the courage to go and tell somebody of the silence that you're suffering in, well, no. 
he came to me. He told me that things was not going. What do you think is going on, sis? Have you tried to just submit a little more? Have you tried to just make sure the house was a peaceful place for him? Have you tried to make sure that you just made sure dinner was ready every time he came home? Affirm him. Lift him up, sis. What you trying to do? He told me he want to love you. So it ain't like he don't want it to work. So, honey, what is it that you got to ask yourself? What is it that you're not doing? And I'm literally reciting this verbatim by what was told to me and by the end of it when I finally said I was walking away and I was out of there it was like well what is he doing I'm not gonna tell you no more I already tried to tell you and I was told to go shut up and submit somewhere so guess what now you gonna figure out what you can do for brother man over there sorry right someone said Sonia said they are playing the victim the covert narcissist is fantastic at being mm. a victim, mm-hmm. they're fantastic at they, they twist words, um, uh-huh. they uh, assassinate characters just like we said, and um, their body language real will, will change an atmosphere. Okay, so it's eight oh six, and we we've gone through that list. Hopefully, you you were able to get enough from that to see if you're in a relationship like that or not. What we like to do right now at this moment, now those who are married, we can talk to you. We're going to talk to you next week. So hang in there and listen to some of this. But those of you who are dating right now and you might find from the last couple weeks and today that perhaps you're in a relationship or you're beginning a relationship with a person who meets some of these characteristics or Mm -hmm. traits or behaviors. There are things that you're supposed to do. So what we want to do is we're going to talk to you now about dating, Mm. Avoiding and moving on or moving on. And the reason why we had to add moving on is because more a lot of people with the problem has been in there for a while. Exactly. Okay. And as I go through this, go ahead and uh, uh, get your questions ready if you do have questions so that we can answer them on the back end of this. Okay. Exactly. The first thing about dating, you have to prepare yourself. You can't just wait till you see a narcissist to to begin to. Uh, fight against that yeah you can't absolutely. you can't just wait until you get to a place to, of, of of hurt and turmoil or you start seeing issues to fight against that you got to come out the gate dating properly so Kenyon Takara you said dating properly what does that mean very easy number one is making sure that you're absolutely healed from any prior relationships okay this is very very, very important, important. Here's the reason why, because if you had a prior relationship with a narcissist, you have to understand that due to the manipulation, due to the toxic relationship, due to all of those things that came in, you are being molded for a toxic relationship. You are bent, molded. You are you are it's uncomfortable. You don't like that toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. but you are you are molded for it. And so what happens is, especially if the prior one was a narcissist, yeah. because what happens is, is that you spent a lot of your time in that prior relationship chasing what they gave you at the very beginning of that relationship. Right. And so when somebody else jumps on in and begins giving it to you again, you're right there, right back there at that same point in time. So you need to heal from that because narcissists smell blood all, and, and they, they can tell when you've been with someone else previous to that. Who has hurt you, especially. Absolutely. Narcissists absolutely know how to spot the perfect person that's going to feed into their ego. And that's going to be somebody who does not feel like they're enough. Somebody who's not built up their self-esteem. Somebody who feels like they need to work to get the affection of that person um, that they're uh, intimately involved with. And someone who's also upholding an image. And someone who's upholding an image. Yes. Huh. 
No, I was saying sorry. I just had to say. I forgot I was going to say next because he cut me off and he didn't raise his hand. But that's okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> but someone who someone who is trying to uphold the image, we see a lot of people who are still trying to do things publicly, but yet suffering privately, and they're not handling that business, and that's why they keep hopping back and forth. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. So heal first. The next thing is that in, in dating now, getting yes. prepared for dating, know yourself. What does that mean, know thyself, okay? What are your turn-ons? What do you usually fall for? What woos you? What's your love language? Yep. What are you looking for? Now, here's the reason why Ooh. you need to understand that. Those things are great to touch on. Yes, go ahead. No, I was going to say know your love language. Here's here's the thing. Make sure that if you are in this and you're trying to avoid this in the future, go back and catch our love languages series. Find your love language and then catch the series on our podcast because we also are going to tell you how to avoid those toxic relationships by understanding your love language more efficiently and more effectively. Yes. Sorry, keep yes, going. Yes, indeed. No, that's good. The reason why you need to know these things like... It's okay to be turned on. It's okay to be wooed. It's okay to be loved on. But you need to understand where your weakness lies because they're going to hit on all cylinders up front. And if you understand that you're weak in this area, and when I say weak, that you like it, then you can also, you can like it. You can enjoy the experience, but you don't have to go to go in uh, emotional debt uh, participating in it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. So you also need to know what you're looking for. That's why we got this list out here. That's why we have these things out here. You need to know what you're looking for. You need to know all your deal breakers. You need to know your must haves in, in a person and you need to know, or you can know some niceties. It'd be nice if they have these things, but definitely deal breakers and definitely must haves. And you better be detailed and specific. And these are moving into the dating scenario. That makes sense. Yes. And, and here's the thing, knowing, knowing what turns you on, people are like, okay, why do I need to know what turns me on? Um, um, if I'm trying to avoid a narcissist, because you're going to know, here's the thing. They're very intuitive. People who are narcissistic are also master manipulators, which means they're very intuitive. They're even if they don't know what turns you on, even if they don't know what moves you, they're going to try everything in the book to move you. And so what you have to realize, and this is no matter who you're dating up front, you have to realize that everyone starts out with their best foot forward. Mm -hmm. Everyone starts out with the idea that I am going to sweep them off their feet. And so what does that mean? That means that I have to be very, vigilant and understanding that not everyone who comes at me with the niceties and the sweet nothings is going to be good for me. Not all of them are going to have my best interest at heart. So I need to guard my heart. I need to guard my panties and make sure that in those situations, I know I like this, but until they prove X, Y, and Z, until they've experienced or extended some, had some longevity with me being consistent, being caring, being considerate, having boundaries, respecting my boundaries. That's when you know that it is something that's actually genuine versus game. Absolutely. Someone asked, Angela asked, can they be shy? I would not necessarily say shy, maybe soft spoken a little bit, at least in public. They'll come off um, shy. They'll come off shy. Now you got to be careful because you don't want to misinterpret uh, narcissism with insecurity. Narcissists are insecure, but not all insecure people are narcissists. So that could be a case as well. Now, another thing when dating, I really want you guys to get with, because if you're preparing to go forward, you, we need to, we need you to get, get this right here. You need to know, are you strong enough to walk away? 
Look into your last relationship where you went too far. How long was it? Were you with them before you went all mm. in? Three months, six months, nine months, a year, two years, five years. How long did it take before you knew you you wasn't going to look back? Mm-hmm. And you mark that point. And you say, I won't be in this relationship that long without some must-haves. Exactly. That's going to be key. But you have to be gut-level honest with yourself about that. Yeah. Because most of us aren't honest. A lot of us will say, well, I can take it. Or I'm better now. Or I'm looking for this, so I'm good now. No, because as soon as you hit that mark, as soon as you hit that periodic point, what happens is is that you turn into a pumpkin and <laughs> at like a punk. <laughs> no, 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 it's a Cinderella, Cinderella analogy. But you, you, you change, right? And you become what they need you to be, and then that's the place where you start being molded. Can I just address what's going on in the chat conversation yes, right now? Yes, let's talk about that. So our chocolate baby, <laughs> I'm gonna just keep our chocolate baby. Hey, chocolate. Baby. Um, so she um is is very uh adamant. She's saying that she is going to essentially annihilate and destroy her ex's image because he has done the same thing to her he has humiliated her he has embarrassed her and listen while um i absolutely can um understand what you feel i can absolutely understand what you're going through in order to want to make him pay i get it nobody gets it better than we do like i want to see you pay i want god to uh, uh, restore what you took from me, but I also want God to punish you. And if God don't go quick enough, I'm going to go ahead and do it for him. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your belief is or if, if you're a Christian. So I won't speak on what we need to allow God to do. But understand that same toxicity that we're sitting in when we're trying to force them to love us and see us is the same toxicity that you're staying in by trying to plot their demise. The best revenge that you can ever get is find healing and wholeness for you and move on past them. Get to a healthy place for you and move on to where they do not affect you. Because one of the key things of a narcissist is making sure that they occupy your mind and your space, even if it's not directly, it still is going to be in your space. If it stays in your heart, the way that it's coming across right now, find a way that this is not going to move you and impact you. Um, So that way you can be healthy for whoever's next if you have children for your children but most importantly for you you deserve so much more than what they gave you and you also deserve a peace that comes when you just begin to move forward and let that go yes silence is the most powerful weapon in your arsenal and you're not doing it for them and you're not you're doing it for you yeah um because when you (laughs) I, i tell you what any kind anytime you do something anytime you try to do something I guarantee you they're like, see, I told you. Mm -hmm. And even though you know they're wrong about you, you'll be taking the same behavioral roots that will prove them right, at least to someone else's eyes. The best thing you can do is to show you show and prove that they're wrong about you. Everybody who they are fooling and manipulating right now is going to figure out exactly who they are. You want to humiliate him? You want to shoot them screen them screenshots out? Absolutely. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. But then count up the cost. What is that going to do for you? All of a sudden you're inviting all the questions. All of a sudden you're inviting all of that attention. All of a sudden you're inviting everyone into your business and your space. And then for some reason, whenever we retaliate 
can go on the offense against people who we feel like have hurt us, the backlash still comes heavily back on us because of now what we have to deal with once we start doing that. So if that's if you feel like that's going to make you better, I don't believe it will. Um, but if you feel like this one is going to do count up the cost on what the potential blowback can be from just a very practical place. If you begin to go out and start to try forcing your way into areas where you're proving that they are a low down dirty dog. Absolutely. And you've come, you're showing, you're, you're, you're saying that you've come in contact with everywhere you go. Yeah. You're bumping into someone that he knows. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. What you have to do is you have to guard the boundaries of your life. Of you got to guard your environment. First of all, no asking about him and no listening about him. We don't care what he has said or what he has done. Second of all, is you continue to carry yourself with the utmost uh, uh, honor. Yeah. Uh, so that those people who you bump into, you have the opportunity to show that you're above the fray. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want you to, this is going to be a behavior game. You were talking about moving on and this is where I really want to jump in where you remove emotion and you begin to make decisions that come straight from this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> she mad at us. We love you, chocolate baby. <laughs> That's all right. People stay mad. But it's true. It's it's so true. There is so and, much and it's dignity. To protect you. Yeah. There is so much dignity in getting your Michelle Obama on and when they go low, we go high. There is so much dignity in getting yourself to a place where you look good, you feel good, you love yourself enough to be like, boy, bye period and just walk it out I, I value my dignity in such a way that I had screenshots on everybody who was coming for me and everybody who was coming for me I literally it it took let me tell you I'm, I'm tell, I know it's not easy matter of fact I still got screenshots I know it's not easy but when it comes down to it, my dignity as as far as where I am today who I am today and what I'm doing today with my life is so much more important and it probably likely could have been destroyed had I really just went on the rampage of going after people with screenshots, because you know what that then creates? The perception that you're not trustworthy. People can't trust you with something. You screenshot everything, you save everything, and at the end of the day, to get revenge, you're just going to put them on blast like that. Even if they don't hurt you, it creates the perception that I cannot trust you. Absolutely. And that's you don't want that. Walk in dignity. It's sexy. She says she prays, so I'm going to tell you the battle is not yours. Vengeance is a very, very, um, it, 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 it's a, it's an operation that belongs to God. The mm -hmm. Avenger, the Avenger. Um, I'm not talking about Marvel, but there is a, a, a concept, mm -hmm. uh, an, an ancient Jewish concept of an Avenger being appointed for something or someone that you lost. Yes, Lord. And so you have to understand that if he's our Avenger, then we are stepping out of line and we are not doing our own job or we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Or we're going to take his job. Let me see. Go ahead. Preach. Let me tell you something. Where would we be if God exposed all of our screenshots every time we broke his heart? Wow. Where would we be if God kept a record? Forget just expose the screenshots. What would, where would we be if he actually kept a record of all of our wrongdoing, all of the cuss words, all of the bad stuff, all of the things that we look at, all the things we say? Where would we be if God kept a record of that and then went on to expose it every time that we messed up? 
You cannot invite that kind of wrath onto somebody else and by your own hands and expect that not to ever later come back on you. I'm a firm believer that God has saved me from a lot of stuff because I chose to walk away from situations that I could have just put your whole life, blew your whole life up for. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very important. Very important. So um, as a dating person, once you see these things go on so I can finish this because we are way past time. Yes, Lord. Uh, (laughs) So I can finish this so we can move on as a dating person. You want to move on. You want to learn how to move on. You want to, it's going to be the toughest and hardest thing that you've ever done because most people who are dating are already pulled in and molded. Mm -hmm. And so now you got to do something that's incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing you got to do is you have to make a clear headed decision. It can't be an emotional decision like we were going. You have to second, get immediate distance and clear uh, immediate and and um, immediate distance from them um, they call it no contact we call it something else simply because there's so much there's much more purpose behind that distance get as much distance as you can I don't want to see it I don't want to talk to them I don't want to talk about them get all the distance that you can lay low for a while if you have to yeah but you definitely want to get as much distance as possible and then the final thing you want to do is you want to break what's called a trauma bond or what we call a negative soul tie you have to understand that some of the anger that you're feeling right now and that many other people feel is based upon the hurt. It's a tragic hurt. Yes. It's a traumatic hurt. And it's a connective tissue that mm-hmm. still binds you both together. Mm-hmm. That anger that still binds you both together. That rejection that still binds you both together. That embarrassment that still binds you both together. Yes. There's a lot of things that bind you both together that you have to break. And it's going to take effort. It's going to be, uh, it's going to take focus. And it's going to take making some moves making some decisive moves about you in an isolated space. It's like a burn. Yes, the first God. thing you do with a burn is you uh, clean isolate, clean it and isolate it. And you don't even let air touch it because it's too sensitive. And that's where you have to be. And that's kind of, that's re- really where we um, um, focus our practice upon yeah. is helping people heal from that area. Um, and all the things that goes along with that, the book, the um, cl- um classes or whatever the case may be because that's the most important once you break the emotional bond that traumatic connection that negative soul type once you break that yeah and you get that you uh now you have emotional mental and psychological distance along with your physical distance now you can begin to move in different areas and become someone different mm-hmm Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast, recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review and sharing. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.